Hey, everybody. Welcome to Joystick Jockeys, your favorite podcast for gaming and anime and nerd news from a queer perspective. I'm your trash boy, Ruben Medina, digging up all the trashiest shit from your favorite things to talk about. And I'm joined by my co-host... Who is also a trash boy, DJ Kirkland. Yay! Yay! Rolling Back. around in my own trash of anime. <laughs> just like a pig in your own filth. I know, just like Sailor Moon body pillows and Persona swag and all kinds of bullshit just rolling around in it. I've just laid out a bunch of doujin and I'm just covering myself in it. Yeah. I'm like paper mache my entire body in doujin. <laughs> Very gross. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, DJ, I have a question. Hey, I should ha- hopefully have an answer. What? Uh, just because I'm curious, what the fuck is the song that you always put on the end of our episodes? Where's where is that from? That's from Pokemon. It's what it's Pokemon? Like, the anime. Okay, but like, uh, which Pokemon? Anime? It's, it's like um the original one. Really? Okay. The, it's it's like the closing credits thing where they always where like the announcer starts speaking again, and he's like, the uh, Ash and his friends just you know had an awesome adventure of friendship kindness and other anime bullshit that you like a whole lot we'll see you next time and that's yeah they always play that all those pokemon definitely died but we're gonna say they just fainted until (laughs) next time when we kill more animals yeah so like go on to netflix watch an episode of the pokemon anime of season one and you'll hear it I think I didn't remember that from my childhood, or maybe they didn't use it when I watched it on Fox, and it was like. Oh no, they kids. definitely used. They definitely used it. They did. Okay, mm-hmm. I just don't mm-hmm. remember it. I guess. I guess I'm I not do. quite the Pokemon fan I thought I was. Yeah, you're not as much of a trash boy as you thought. Oh, I'm still a trash boy, just about <laughs> different things. I guess I'm a bit of a fake gamer. Uh, DJ, it's been mm-hmm. so. It's like it's been a month because I wasn't here last time. Yeah, Feels yeah, like it's, it's been it's too been a long. Yeah, but like, it's been too long for the people listening in podcast land out there. But we talk on a very regular basis, and we've played some Overwatch together a couple of times very recently, and that's been a lot of fun. So it's like I get to hear your voice and all that fun stuff. It's very I missed you. I miss this. I, I miss, miss this. I miss too. us. I miss, I miss us talking. <laughs> Everyone else is like, we did not. <laughs> so we really didn't <laughs> you and your boyfriend were so cute last week i listened to it and i was like this is adorable like oh, kick, kick me off the show <laughs> just make it this cute shit uh, um uh we have e3 coming up in like a week we do which is really exciting it's my favorite part of the summer it's e3 is that thing it's like okay i know it's summertime because e3 is right around the corner we about to hear about this gaming bullshit Hopefully some good stuff. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, we get some cool surprises this year. So I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed because for the past mm-hmm. two or three years I've been able to snag tickets to the um very embarrassing like PlayStation <laughs> E3 experience that you go to the movie theater to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um and it was great because me me and my friends every time we would uh, usually have to stand in line, even if even if you have tickets, you usually have yeah. to stand in line for a bit to get seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would grab it like a bunch of Taco Bell and a bunch of Mountain Dews and then just stand in the line, um, screaming about Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, that just, actually sounds amazing. We were just trying to like, let everyone know that we're the alpha gamers in the line. Um, and as, as nerdy and gross sort of as it, it could be, um, it was also really fun to be in a crowd with a bunch of people losing their shit. Like, um, 
when the Final Fantasy VII remake reveal happened. Yeah. Um, the crowd went crazy, or the Mortal Kombat X reveal. Um, it was just kind of cool. So, yeah. sad I'm not doing that, but what that means we can do is, uh, if you guys want to tune in, I think what DJ and I will be doing is doing a live stream reaction on Google Hangouts or something, or, or, or wherever mm-hmm. you want to stream it. Yeah. Um, so it'll just be, if you're into this sort of thing, I think it'll be me and DJ. Maybe we'll see if we can get some guests. Um, and we'll be doing live reactions as we watch the uh, Xbox press conference and the Sony press conference on Sunday and Monday. Um, I don't know what time of day Nintendo is doing theirs. Uh, so if it's not during work hours, maybe that also. Though from what I just read, Nintendo's thing is going to be 30 minutes. So it mm-hmm. sounds like they're not going to talk about much of anything. Well, um, I don't necessarily think that, considering that the Pokemon Direct today was only eight minutes and they announced uh, five games in eight minutes. So... Well, okay, so they... Maybe? They announced Pokemon Tournament on the Switch, Pokemon Tournament DX, which is... Mm-hmm. Fine, that's cool. Yeah, um, that's a game that I think is actually really fun, but no one plays, which kind of hurts the scene for it. Um, and then they announced Ultra Moon and Sun, or mm-hmm. Ultra Sun and Moon, whatever. Yeah, uh, but on the 3DS. So I'm not surprised at that. I think that with as I think the 3DS install base is still bigger than the Nintendo Switches right now is oh, anyway. Because yes. just yes. just because like you can't even get them. Um, so it still makes sense to me that the emphasis of mainline Pokemon games still being on 3DS, at least at least this enhanced version of Sun and Moon being on the 3DS makes sense to me. But I feel like the next game is going to be on Switch. And it's going to have a 3DS version. That would be my guess. I also, I'm just surprised that this isn't something they released across both of them. That yeah. way... Because, I mean, like you said, the 3DS install base is so massive that people with mm-hmm. 3DSs will buy them. But then I think it's also mm-hmm. incentive to, um, if people are on the fence about buying a Switch, there's a reason mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Um, right, right. And for those of us who already have Switches, um, it, it would be nice to have a Pokemon game on it. Oh, um, absolutely. I would actually play Sun and Moon if it were on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, I would probably sit down and finish it. I played through yeah. some of it, and it was really good. Yeah, um, yeah. But I didn't finish it. Same. Um, I am curious if we're going to see, I don't know, I, I have a feeling that most of their E3 stuff is going to be um, Mario. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario, what, what is the name of Mario, Mario Weird Odyssey. Hat? Mario Hat Eyes, Weird Hat, Creepy Hat. <laughs> it's Mario Odyssey. Odyssey, spelled S-E-E, because that hat has eyes, which means Mario has four eyes, and it's very creepy. <laughs> I like his little cartoon hat. I don't like it, it freaks me out. It makes I mean, me think. Makes me think that it's a parasite that's controlling Mario's brain. What about the Minish Cap in Zelda? Same. Yeah, thing. there's like a cute bird-looking thing going on. <laughs> this thing has human eyes. Well, it has. To be fair, it has Mario eyes. That's true because we have established, and because of that trailer, that Mario is not a human. Yeah, Mario is another thing altogether that is human-shaped. Mario's some weird like Italian like morph baby thing. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> um, I kind of want to take us back a little bit. Sure. Um, from, from Weird cause... Mario Baby <laughs> yes. origins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. So, you mentioned Mountain Dew. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, do you remember 
a few weeks ago where I think you and I were both talking about Mountain Dew Code Red on Twitter. Yeah. So I got an email. From Mountain Dew? From Mountain Dew PR. Are you serious? I'm so serious. DJ, how did you keep this from me for so and, long? And they were like, hey, we love that you're a fan of Mountain Dew Code Red. Would you like for us to send you a Mountain Dew cooler pack filled with our latest uh, flavor for, for the summer? And I'm like, yes. Did they send you that Dew SA? Yes, business? they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> oh, my God. DJ, this, this is what happens when you have a verified check on your Twitter account. Because me, I got no such thing. Mountain Dew didn't talk to me. I had to go to an Arby's and get some gamer fuel like a fucking plebe. Like a commoner. Which, if you are, if you are looking for gamer fuel and you miss it, Arby's has it. There isn't an Arby's anywhere near me. Because you live in San all. Francisco and they're really concerned about eating healthy. <laughs> Oh my god but yeah they sent me like like a cooler like the i can like a you know like those um the one with the handle it's like a blue and white cooler yes yeah 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 they sent me one of those and it has a mountain dew sa like on the front of it and then they sent me all like their the dew sa flavors or whatever that's a mix of code red the the ice one the white one the red, yeah, it's literally the, the red flavor, the blue flavor, and the white flavor all mixed into one. Yeah, I DJ, how are you not trying to spin this into a sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I will. I, just... I will change the name of this podcast <laughs> to Mountain Dew's Queer Chug Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking those hot loads of Mountain <laughs> those hot loads of Mountain Dew. <laughs> They'll be so upset. They'll be so upset when they realize that they're giving us free product and all we're talking about is chugging hot loads of Mountain Dew. Oh, okay. You know what? Actually, here's what I have to say, DJ. They say that you um, you should dress for the job that you want. So from now on, I'm calling this podcast the Mountain Dew Queer Chug Hour. <laughs> and oh we just, I think if we just rename it and we rebrand it, we know if you build it, they will come. That's how this works. Oh, my God. Also, those flavors that you're trying to figure out, it's a code red, white out, and voltage. They're there we all go. together to make Dew SA. I'm not crazy about the flavor of Dew SA. I do like those flavors on their own, though. Mm-hmm. Um, was Gamer Fuel the orange one? Uh, there's been multiple versions of Gamer Fuel. I want to say I could be wrong about that. This is now actually turned into the Mountain Dew Queer Chug Hour. Um, <laughs> Gamer Fuel, because I, I feel like there is a. I know there's like a, a World of Warcraft one. There is a Halo one. I don't know if it's always maintained the same flavor. Maybe the orange one is so good. I remember really liking the orange one. Citrus cherry is the flavor of it. Um, in Sweden, it's known as Game Blast, which I like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Daddy, give me that game blast. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm putting that in the hat for new podcast name is Game Blast. Game Blast. Can we just can we just uh, <laughs> that's the hot gaming loads. Hot, 
Um. <laughs> oh my god, this podcast is not safe for work, so I hope you have headphones in. Yeah, it's n- <laughs> Nisfwa. Um, yeah, there is there is a game flavor fuel that was like wild fruit flavored at mm-hmm. some point. Um, so there's been multiple different ones, okay. uh, usually with different promotions. So yeah. I think the original one is a citrus cherry flavor, and then the uh, Wow edition of it had a wild fruit flavor do with it. Um, it was marketed under the name Mountain Dew Game Fuel Horde Red. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then that. there's a new <clears throat> companion flavor for Modern Warfare. Th- Modern Warfare Three was Tropical Flavored Dew. Okay. And let's see. They should do an orange one for Overwatch. Uh, they should do an orange or one. Or a pink one, and it'd be for D.Va. There's so many. Electrifying Berry was one. I think Gamer Fuel does change flavor all the time. Mm-hmm. I think the classic one is Citrus Berry, or Citrus uh, Cherry, okay. and that's what Arby's carries. Mm-hmm. Um, which means I have to go to Arby's more often, because uh, Taco Bell carries the Bastard flavor, which is Baja Blast. Which is not a good Mountain Dew flavor. I'm sorry, Mountain Dew. I love you, but how dare you speak ill of Baja Blast? My son, Baja Blast. My my son, who is in walking distance from my apartment at the Taco Bell. Oh, you working you hard? Good, that's good real estate you got. He's working real hard. How dare you? Speak it's not, ill of my son, Baja Blast. It's not a good flavor. Yes, it it's is. Not, yes, not. it is. It's so good. Oh, okay. Have you had the prickly pear one? No, I don't because I, I wrote it off. Maybe I'll try that and I'll like it. You should try it. Why don't you go to Taco Bell and try it? Did you try the chicken chips? Hey, have you been to Taco yes, Bell and the chicken chips? Yeah. What, you, think, yeah. You, you say yeah. this as if, okay, my entire half of my existence is like, because ta- Taco Bell has my fucking number just like Mountain Dew does. Uh, I eat things out of curiosity, not out of like quality of life. Yes. <laughs> and so they're just like, hey, what if we make a really fucked up thing that makes no sense? Who's going to buy this? Oh, Ruben's going to buy it because he's going to go, huh, what will that do to my butthole? That's, what <laughs> I, that's, that's my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I've tried the chicken chips. They're very good. The nacho cheese sauce with them, I think, is overloaded. It's too much. Yeah. Um, I damn, son. Video games. E3 is coming up. <laughs> oh my god. Wow, I'm dying. Um, so yeah, so back to video games. Because after all... Is it your dying alarm that's going on? That's, it, yes, I'm actually dying. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> your, um, your so life we, alert. We've spent like 15 minutes talking about Mountain Dew and talk about Welcome to Joystick Jockey, hey, everybody. Mountain Dew, PepsiCo, I think because you guys own them, I'm pretty sure. Give mm-hmm. us some fucking money. That's like a quarter of our show. Yeah. Please. 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 Please get me a check mark so I can also get free Mountain Dew sent to me on my Twitter account. <laughs> I, need, I need to get verified for some Mountain Dew. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Now that we're back to talking about video games. Um... I, yeah, I feel like we're just going to really see Mario Odyssey because that's going to be the game that comes out for Christmas. Because Mm -hmm. I remember reading an interview saying that the game is practically done. Oh, wow. And this was like a couple months ago. This was like before the Switch launched. It was like the, it was a couple weeks after the, um, the big, uh, Switch, um, 
Nintendo Direct that they did. Mm-hmm. I think I read like maybe like a month late, like right before the system came out, that Mario Odyssey is almost finished, which amazing. I like that Nintendo announces things that are actually going to come out. Unlike Whoa. Hey some, now. Unlike some other <laughs> companies I know, like Sony. That's Sony's biggest problem. They're like, hey, doesn't this game look cool? It's going to come out in four years. Yeah. So that's like a good segue to kind of um, go into what we think Sony's going to bring. Um, well, real quick before we leave Nintendo, mm-hmm. looking at the release schedule. So we have over summer, ARMS and Splatoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so both their big kind of multiplayer competitive games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll have Mario <clears throat> Odyssey. And in the fall, probably closer to Thanksgiving. I feel like we have to have... I feel like Nintendo has to have another big first-party Switch thing lined up. I know that we're getting DLC for Zelda in the winter. Um, that's going to be story stuff. So that's kind of a big... Depending on how long or how big that DLC is, that's a bigger, big deal, maybe. Yeah, well, Mario um, Odyssey is going is going to be the, the holiday thing. Um, they're just going to, like... At E3, I feel like they're going to just show us more of it. But that's planned for holiday. I think we get one more thing. I think we get... Like a Smash port. I don't know if we're going to get Smash this year. If we I, do, I would be over the moon if we got it this year. I feel like it would be silly to not to just have two competitive games all summer and then have nothing until Mario in fall. Mm-hmm. So to me, a port would make sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think so too. Um, I My only thing with that is that I think they're going to probably really try to push Splatoon and ARMS. As their big competitive things, and then they're doing an invitational tournament for Pokémon at mm. E3 as well. So I think they've kind of got the competitive base covered for now, especially because with Arms, it's it's a brand new IP, and I think if we're going to get a Smash port, it's not going to be until early next year, and they're yeah. going to announce, they're going to announce it this year because I think that what they're going to end up doing is it's going to be Super Smash Brothers Deluxe. And it's gonna have all the DLC from from the game on the on the cartridge, uh, with hopefully the characters that were actually planned for the game that they didn't put into the game, which were the ice climbers, <laughs> um, and then well, hopefully the rest of the characters from Brawl that di- that got cut as well, which aren't that many. It's Wolf and um, I don't think Solid Snake would be would be in it, but <clears throat> they'll have. But yeah. They'll have for sure. We'll get probably a squid kid of some sort. I don't yeah. imagine. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably see some arms characters. Yeah, at least, like twin we'll see, or someone. We'll see. Um, likely, we're going to see Springman or Ribbon Girl because mm-hmm. uh, the I just read yesterday that during the global test punch that Ribbon Girl had the highest win rate. Mm. So, um, as amazing and perfect it would be for Twintel to be in Smash Brothers. I think it's more likely that they would put Spring Man and Ribbon Girl in mm. before her. I guess so. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just feel like they have to have something else besides just Mario. And and I dare oh, sure. something that's like a single player mm-hmm. draw. Um, mm-hmm. cuz like like you did say there there are so many competitive games that they have mm-hmm. that will be out. Um, maybe we'll just get like a shitty Star Fox game again. I don't know. <laughs> that won't I be mean... the case. <laughs> um I really would like um, I'm honestly fine. I was talking about this on Twitter this morning. I'm really fine with them porting over a ton of the Wii U's library to the system. 
because nobody played those games because nobody owned a Wii U. That's fine. I'll take every. Yeah. I'll take. I'll take things that reported it from the Wii to the Wii U to the Switch. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, give I me Twilight too. Princess HD, all that shit. Yeah. Um, do you think DX is their new like Switch port? Because I noticed like Mario Kart Eight Deluxe mm-hmm. was the name, but Pokemon Tournament isn't called Deluxe. It's called DX. And I'm curious if that's going to be the new branding for Switch ports. Um, I don't know. Um, I feel like DX is used a lot in fighting games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's used a lot in Nintendo, uh, like, enhanced versions of things. The Japanese names of them are typically, like, DX. Because Super Smash Bros. Melee is Smash Brothers DX in Japan. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Also, yes. Beat Mania to DX. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, because, like, the game is, uh, like, Dairanto Sma- uh, Smash Brothers DX is what it's called in Flawless. Japan. Flawless. Yeah. And, um, I know, I know. I'm such a good weeb. <laughs> such a good weeb. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, and, like, all, all the Kirby games are called, like, Kirby Deluxe or DX or something, too. Mm-hmm. So, it's a very Nintendo thing for them to call them, like, Deluxe or DX, because I think the DX stands for that, but it just, it looks cooler as a logo when you put DX, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's too many, it's too many letters for Deluxe. Just mm-hmm. shorten it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to see anything that's going to be a big surprise. I would love, obviously, some Metroid news, but mm-hmm. I, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I don't know not why, but it should. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's Nintendo. Um, I honestly have no idea what to expect out of Microsoft. Obviously, they're going to talk about Scorpio. Um, we'll get, you know, I'm sure everything that we see during their press conference is going to be on Scorpio hardware. And I don't care. <laughs> um, I I do, but I'm just, I don't know, game-wise, like, we'll get that pirate game that they were showing, I think that Rare is working on, that looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, it's a multiplayer-focused, high seas, you and your friends are have a pirate ship and do Darn. pirate stuff. That Started sounds pretty 70s. rad. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, we'll probably see Crackdown 3, I'd imagine. Okay, finally. so, like, that, yeah. I want to, like, Crackdown would be the game. Yes, Crackdown That would get me great. to turn on my Xbox One again. Yeah, Crackdown's fantastic. Yeah. Um, we'll get Scorpio. I feel like they gotta... Everyone's expecting a price. I feel like if they don't give a price, everyone's gonna lose their shit and freak mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think we may have... I think it might be a sooner launch than people are thinking. I, I don't know if Scorpio is going to launch um, like Black Friday. I, I think it would be smarter for them to launch earlier. Honestly. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. September. Yeah, uh, to give time for people to buy games also, because otherwise, hardware-wise, I think it's just going to kill any games they want to sell alongside of it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna guess it's coming in at four ninety nine with the hardware inside of it. I can't imagine them selling it for three ninety nine. They'd be taking such a massive loss on every console. Um, yeah, yeah, I would think so too. Which means that I think <clears throat> we'll see from Sony. I mean, technically. We're already seeing a temporary fifty dollar price drop on the PlayStation Slim right now. The mm-hmm. gold one they have is like two forty nine. Yeah, I think we'll see like a fifty dollar drop from the uh, for the PS4 Pro yeah. as well, uh, just to make that that gap look bigger with the Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I know how Sony works. Sony goes on Monday after Microsoft on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They have like 
multiple like uh, plans always based oh, yeah, on how always. Microsoft goes and what their prices are. They make changes on the fly. Yeah, um, that's definitely the 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 advantage they have of doing their thing on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but other besides like Crackdown, I don't think we're going to see Halo. Besides maybe Master Chief Collection like remake stuff, I don't think we're going to see a Halo Six announcement. Yeah, because I just <laughs> every time I look at the Xbox One S, I'm like, this is a really nice looking system. I like the redesign of it. It looks good. And I kind of want one. But then I'm like, have I touched my Xbox One in over a year? Nope. Yeah, I never play mine. Yeah, Um, I just, it just, yeah, I, I want to care about it. But I just don't, and it's unfortunate because I love the Xbox 360. I loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. great when you know when it didn't red ring. But uh, yeah, I love the Xbox 360. But the Xbox One has just been not great. It's um, I feel like it's at least really, for me, I think it's a really really good system. But there's no reason to own it if you already have a PS4, right? Um, and I think that PS4 is putting out more compelling not just more compelling first party titles but first party titles or or not even just first party but ex- exclusives that um are more varied right so you yeah. have exclusives like uh, like near is also on pc but that pc version's a mess um also it's not if something's on pc it might as well be exclusive on console um, yeah in a way uh so you have stuff like near that you're never to see you don't get exclusive on xbox ever because it's like too japanesey yeah. Um, that was a thing that happened way back in the day when you had like Blue Dragon being Xbox 360 exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think that it's if you want to have a lot of varied games and not games that are all shooting things and you want exclusives, then PlayStation is a better platform for that. Yeah, I do think that what they're going to have to show is to as someone who has a PS4 Pro. I can't tell that I have a PS4 Pro most of the time. There's mm-hmm. like very few games. Uh, any game that that uses the extra horsepower in that thing, it is like a small difference. And especially as someone who also PC games, it's stuff I see on PC gaming, so it's not blowing me away. Yeah. Uh, if the Scorpio can make people feel like it's that huge of a jump, and based on the specs of it, it should be. Mm-hmm. I could see it being popular, and I can see sony maybe needing to scramble to do another revision on the ps4 pro the like ps ps4 pro er um, oh my god and like i always like i was already like why do we need another iteration of the playstation 4 already but i get it because they wanted to be 4k ready and all that stuff and whatever 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 but i'm just like what benefit does that have for me if I already own a PlayStation 4 and I don't have a 4K television? So what's the advantage? And I also, mean, and also, like, I put a 2 terabyte hard drive in my PlayStation 4, and mm-hmm. the fact that the PS4 Pro doesn't even have an option for a 2 terabyte system option doesn't make sense to me. Because if it's like, oh, well, this is geared towards, you know, hardcore gamers, when games are 40 gig installs each and you want your core audience to have the pro but your in-system storage doesn't really support that it's kind of like i don't know it just it just didn't seem much of a draw to me 
just because of just honestly because of the hard drive space honestly it's um i i'm using an external hard drive with mine uh Mm -hmm. to have extra space which is the same thing i'm doing with my xbox one s just because Mm -hmm. it's cheaper that way yeah and honestly i haven't noticed load times being any worse yeah honestly Mm um so the the PS3 360 console era like went way too long without a refresh. Um, yes. It actually like was super damaging to the console market. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think both companies are trying to rectify that, and that's why we got the Pro when we did, and that's why we're getting Scorpio when we did, or mm-hmm. when we're about to. Um, uh, cool. Hey guys, my uh, my neighbor, my neighbor even is mowing the lawn. <laughs> so if you hear weird noises in the background of the audio that's just what's going on there um but yeah so we we're talking about uh so yeah with 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 sony and microsoft both kind of bringing new consoles and i understand them wanting to kind of have that computer model of sure. anyone be able to play um mm-hmm. technically at least for a few years that's great but i do think that sony sony kind of like did a halfway step and like you said i think it was mainly to get the 4k content mm-hmm. stuff under control mm-hmm. And it'll be weird because Microsoft is taking a full step. And yeah. I don't know if that's going to affect Sony. And I think if Microsoft price is too high, it's not going to be good for Microsoft because I don't know at this point in console stuff, I don't know if the graphical fidelity differences are that big of a deal outside of the most hardcore of the hardcore people who are going right. to spend the money anyway for something that's that strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's, yeah, it gets to a point where it's hard to it's hard to even tell on console. I I logged into Overwatch on PC just to see if I could even play it, which I can't for whatever reason because my game is lagging like crazy on PC. So I'm just gonna be stuck playing on PS4, which is fine for me. Um, like it looks a lot cleaner and. And like smooth, it looks a lot smoother on the PC versus uh, like the PS4 or Xbox One version of it. Like all the game looks good on all on all on both PC and console, but you can tell. <laughs> I put it on ultra because my my PC can actually run the game at ultra settings, um, and not die. But maybe 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 it can't because maybe that's probably why it's locking. I don't know, but it looks really good. Yeah, um, yeah. I could do. Uh, ultra on pc overwatch too and it, there is in my opinion definitely a big difference mm-hmm. um but it's not it's not i only know there's a big difference because i have a pc copy and i have a ps4 copy right now i would love if they patched the ps4 pro or the scorpio and suddenly overwatch looked as good as it does or close to as good as it does on my pc sure um that'd be great at the same time um i it doesn't change like i i don't ever sit down and look at it on my PS4 and go like, ugh, gross. Like, yeah. this looks bad. Right. Like, I never have an issue. Like, it, it, maybe the first 20 minutes of me swapping from PC to PS4, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this isn't quite as good looking. But it, as long as it runs smoothly at 60 FPS, mm-hmm. especially for a competitive game, that's all I really care about. Yep. Absolutely. But, uh... Yeah, I I feel like we're probably going to see, um, at least from Sony, we will see more stuff from Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. 
mm-hmm. which that game looks like one of the Marvel mobile fighting games that you can download <laughs> on your iPad. Um, so we'll probably see more from that. I think we might see another content patch potentially for Street Fighter V. And the rumors that I saw going around that would bring in characters, actual Street Fighter characters, not like random new characters, would potentially get me to want to play or even care about that game again. So that would be neat. I feel like we might see something for the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Kingdom Hearts 3, but it's not going to be much. It's just going to be like, hey, here's an update, and it's like a three-second gameplay trailer, or just like a three-second cutscene, and they're like, yep, this game still doesn't have a date, so keep yeah, waiting, nerds. I don't, because they, they just, Sony, Square Enix just took, um, they were outsourcing the Final Fantasy VII, uh, the work on the remake to CyberConnect, Yep. Um, which did the Naruto games, and they just took it away from them because they were worried about schedule and quality. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that schedule stuff means we're getting it sooner or later. Yeah. Um, but it also means that now it, it, Square Enix first party, like inside, is now split again, mm-hmm. which means you know they probably had to shuffle around to who was working on Kingdom Hearts to work on that. Now that CyberConnect isn't doing it. Um, so uh, we might get like a tiny thing, um, especially if they're going to make that game. I really don't want them to do, to do this, but if they make Final Fantasy VII Remake, if they make it episodic, I think we'll get some gameplay uh, maybe shown of that. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe even like a tentative release date if it's episodic. I hope they don't do that. I think them doing Hitman in an episodic nature and the fact that it didn't sell very well because of that, despite being a pretty good and well-reviewed Hitman game, um, hopefully they learned their lesson there. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't expect to see a lot from, from Square Enix there. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see maybe some more of God of War that they showed last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll see some stuff for the new Uncharted game. Uh, we'll definitely see, I think we'll see Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, gameplay, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Gran Turismo Sport, probably. And we will probably see a lot of Days Gone, which was that crazy zombie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Motorcycle thing from last year. Um, I think we'll definitely see all of those. Uh, we're going to see Destiny 2 shit for sure. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I don't know. Sony does like to have big surprises, and they do like to drop very nostalgia-heavy um, like classic update type, type, type things. Yeah. Uh, if they're smart, what I think that they should do and what they should reveal at E3 is that PS Now should turn into the same type of service that the new Xbox service is, um, where you actually can download games. Yeah. Uh, the Xbox, I think Game Pass is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Xbox Game Pass, which is live now already. It's over 100 games, Xbox One and Xbox 360. Um, it's not like the best new titles by any means that doesn't make any sense but a lot of like really really good uh games like halo 5 is on there bioshock infinite saints row uh is on there um some gears of war stuff there's a lot of things on there and it's like 10 bucks a month i want to say something like that okay so i think that it would be smart to see them do uh ps now 
and instead of it being streaming because that still doesn't really work in my opinion Mm -hmm. they make it like what xbox is doing where you actually get to download the games and play them locally um that would make a lot more sense and i would love that i would and i I would gladly pay money for that and i don't i don't think they'll do it but Mm -hmm. i think it would be smart if sony finally announced um at least ps3 backwards compat and not necessarily that you can put a disc in and get Mm -hmm. backwards compatibility but the same way that um so the part of the reason why the game pass thing for xbox has a big library is because it's 360 and xbox ones uh, xbox one games yeah and uh that's because every games with gold 360 game that's come out over the past like year or so Mm -hmm. they've made sure that that that's a game that you can play backwards compatible yeah um on your xbox one that's cool and I know uh, use case-wise, there's actually just an article about this. Very few people are using that feature. Um, and that's so, sort of why Sony says they don't want to invest the time and money into it. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people, it's a perceived value, whether or not you use it. Like, I get my free games with gold every month, and I'll see 360 games that I can play on my Xbox One. And I'm like, oh, cool. So it's like I got all these games this month, and I got some really great 360-era games I can go back and play if I want to. Yeah. Um, and just download. And that's yeah. great. I don't ever do it, but there's a perceived value there. Whereas when I download my PlayStation Plus games and I see all these awesome PS3 games, I would love to go back and try, yeah. but I can't because I don't have my PS3 hooked up. Right. Um, then I'm like, ah, fuck, that sucks. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's a perception of not being able to do something that another console can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I think that would be amazing because there are still... I'm looking at my PS3 games right now, and I'm like, man, there are still a bunch of games that I would love to go back and play or just have access to on the PS4, which would be amazing. I would love that. So, uh, yeah, if they are able to implement something like that, I would gladly pay for it. No problem. Yeah, I think it'd be be smart. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, But we'll see. So, yeah, Sunday. uh, Sunday. Actually, let let me see if I can find... Well, like times. at the yeah at the end of the uh, at the end of the show too. Okay, if you guys want to check in, and we'll like we'll do a a link on Twitter or something for it. Um, but the Sunday one, I believe, is at five o'clock Eastern, two mm-hmm. p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. is when the Xbox E3 briefing is. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Sunday at five Eastern, two Pacific, and then the Sony E3 one, it's always at night. It's at like um, set, it's usually at around uh, six or seven. Your time? Uh, yeah, my time. Gotcha. Yes, it's going to be at six p.m. Pacific, so mm-hmm. nine p.m. Eastern, uh, and we're going to try to have up some sort of like. I want to figure out how to, the best way to do it, but some sort of stream where you can get you can see me and DJ, and ideally we'll have a, a chat open Twitch style. Yeah. Um, that we can get y'all's uh, feedback while we react to dumb shit. So what I can likely do is um, do a desktop capture in OBS, and then overlay like our Skype. Uh, streams or if we can't get the Skype thing if we can't get video we can at least get our audio mm-hmm. on top of it too and we can talk while the videos are playing and people can talk to us in Twitch chat and all that stuff yes that yeah. makes sense yeah that makes total sense yeah so um, it's, it's super easy we can definitely make that happen and I think Twitch will be the easiest place to do it yes so look forward to that we'll send out um, we'll send out a link 
uh, via Twitter. Yeah. Um, if not something I th- tagged onto the end of this episode before we put it up. Yeah, we'll figure uh, it out. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm always excited about E3, and I'm sad because I went to E3 two years, three, two or three, two or three, I can't even remember at this point, it all runs together. Um, no, it was two years in a row. I went to, I went to E3 in 2014, in 2015, and it was a blast. Like, I had a really good time, and the Sony... Uh, press conference thing was always lit because they would open the doors around I don't know like five and if you were like press or anything you could you could just kind of like waltz in and uh, get a little wristband and that you could just you know drink booze for free and eat and all that stuff and wait until they let you into the the press conference and you just get seated and get your laptops up and start tweeting and going ape shit over over those video juegos were you there as press uh yeah because when i was uh, reporting for gay gamer i was there with them oh nice yeah, very cool it, it was super dope i miss uh we miss doing that stuff gay gamer poor one out for gay gamer but uh but yeah um it's 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 really fun and it's cool that they it, that they opened it up to the public this year um all i know it's it's weird because that show is not really a consumer show Nope. It's a press show, so there are certain things that like are different at E3 than, let's say, PAX or or a GameStop Expo, which is a show that is open to the public, that basically is all the stuff from E3, but open to the public. So I'm wondering, with the influx of press plus uh, just, you know, consumers, those lines are going to be because <laughs> well, they're so, they were already bad yeah. before yeah that's the thing is um yeah. as much as like part of me is like oh i want to go to e3 that'd be really cool mm-hmm. um it's probably a nightmare if you're not press uh yeah. the really amazing like the really cool new shit is all stuff that's going to be um behind closed doors right that you have to be pressed to get into in the first place mm-hmm. um if you're playing demos on the show floor you're going to be in line for between three probably three hours yep. for a lot of those things mm-hmm. if, it's a, if it's a hot game mm-hmm. um and it's usually if it's a floor demo it's something that's coming out in the pretty near future right um you're yeah. not playing something that's like super alpha um yeah and that's a thing that you have to keep in mind uh yeah you're right it's not it's not a show for the fans it's the it's a show for investors yeah it is to show investors what's coming up and for uh, i think they make it so public because that's a good way to investors to see what people lose their shit about, right. um, what games or what information dominates the news cycle. Yep. And that's another metric that investors can use to look at what they should invest their money in. Yeah. Um, that's what that show is for. It is not for you, really. Yeah. Um, so I don't think... I mean, it's, if you're there in person, that's awesome, and I'm jealous in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, At absolutely. the same time, it sounds like a nightmare. Also, if you're press you know, and you know companies... If you need to play a game to write something up on it, they're gonna just bump you to the front of the line, or they take they do it on like appointments. Yeah, Yeah. or it's gonna be appointments exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not. I think if it's press, ideally they won't have too much of a harder job this year Mm because I know that job is incredibly difficult. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild, but um, I mean, it's definitely an awesome opportunity, and I think people should absolutely go to it. But man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one this year, I think, um, just because of the added influx of people but um 
but yeah, so I think that pretty much covers our discussion on E3. So you want to want to talk about Overwatch and this anniversary event? Yeah, son, some good skins in that uh, anniversary event. There are some very good skins, and Did it's they... mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh no, and it was it's funny because like in so many of the events, I've just been kind of salty because <laughs> I felt like a lot of the skins weren't very good. But um, with this event, the skins have been dope. Like the common uh, Rider skin for Genji is tight. It makes me actually want to play Genji. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of matching skin for Hanzo is really dope too. But that Symmetra skin is mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> it's so I think, good. I think Genji's my favorite skin. The Symmetra skin's probably my second favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Hanzo and Soldier ones, but they're like they're not too intense. They're just good. Yeah. Um, I love the new Diva skin, but it's also crazy enough. Like, uh, that's not my aesthetic. Yeah. As much as I think it's really, really cute, so I'm not like I have to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Tracer skin mainly because oh, I love the Tracer skin and the Zarya skin because neither of those characters have good skins. Right. So now they actually have skins that I think are halfway decent. Mm-hmm. And Tracer um, has a. And what was funny is that I went through the hero gallery and I went to go look at Tracer. And I'm like, God, she has 10,000 skins. And they're all And bad. they're not all of them are very good. No, yeah. not very good at all. Yeah. So I'm glad that she has one that I, I like. Yeah. Um, and same for Zarya. Zarya has so many bad skins, and this new one is pretty dope. Yeah, because she looks like a big old muscly Power Ranger, and I'm super into that. And uh, yeah, I hope they eventually give the rest of the cast like what their overwatch um uniforms would be if they were enlisted in the active overwatch or or whatever you know what i mean like how they had all the classic skins like the mercy one and and all that stuff it would be cool to see the entire cast get a skin themed mm-hmm. like that but people were like oh well like you know they weren't in overwatch at the time when this happens like no no it literally doesn't matter when everyone has like halloween skins it doesn't matter. Gen- like, it doesn't Genji matter. Genji also was never like a Sentai Power Ranger, so it right? Matter. So it, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Like, give everyone like their designed Overwatch uniform skin. Um, Please and thank you. So playing since the anniversary update, I have I don't I haven't looked this up, so maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Did they fuck with the box loot drop ratio stuff? Because oh, the the loot box drops um have been bad. Since trash. since the uh, lunar the lunar event, they've been garbage since then. I have got nothing. Like I've got a couple dance emotes, and that's it. I've gotten nothing I so far. Bought the forty dollar fifty loot box thing, uh-huh. and I got so many gray and blue repeats. Bought multiple boxes of duplicate shit that has been in the game since the game came out. What in the actual fuck? Like, that shit shouldn't... You shouldn't... That stuff shouldn't be so normal in these boxes around these around these events. You, they should at least decrease the the stuff that's in the game. That has been in the game since the game came out. 
dial that down so that you have a higher chance of at least getting the stuff that you want. Or if that's the case, increase the amount of in-game currency you get for repeat items because yeah. it's bull shit. It's like, so I've, bad. It's so bad. I didn't. I haven't bought. I usually like blow forty bucks on a fifty box pack because um, I'm trash. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't done it because I'm trying to not do it. I'm trying to be like, hey, that's just a digital skin. It does nothing. Don't spend money on that. Um, and. It has been hard because usually I'm used to like a couple good drops, maybe a couple, uh, like a couple purples or a gold, and it's just been nothing. It's been awful. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they did to the drops. I don't know. I know they want to make money. I know they don't make money if they're giving you shit all the time. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have like six thousand something gold in the piggy. Which I'll probably use on some skins, yeah. Because I don't want to use it on actually. I don't want to spend real money on boxes, right? Um, but it's just like, it is surprising. Um, the other thing was I did my placement matches, mm-hmm. and I really, really, really want them to change how they handle um, when people leave games yeah. in competitive. Because right now I don't think that the punishment is nearly bad enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as of right now, as my understanding at least, you. Uh, get a loss for the match and then you get an exp penalty and i don't know if that experience penalty is just for that match or if it lasts for a couple matches or something um but that's just such a small slap on the hand for something that's really really frustrating to me yep and really shitty um i kind of want them to do to do what um uh dota does which is there is a hell tier that if you have so many uh abandons in a certain amount of time uh, you get sent to a hell tier. And when you're in hell tier, you can only match make with other people in hell tier. So yeah. it basically means that all the salty assholes have to play with all the other salty assholes. Yeah. Um, and you don't get out of hell tier until you play, I think, like five or ten matches, and you have good behavior on those matches. And then they take you out of hell tier. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's perfect. Because it means that people that are toxic and shitty or that are going to bail on teammates go down there and i understand there's random disconnects sometimes mm-hmm. and that it's hard for there's not really good ways to know the difference between someone abandoning versus a disconnect because it could just be them abandoning by turning their playstation off on purpose yep um but there's just got to be something different because in my 10 matches um so i went four and six mm-hmm. uh i usually go six and four or five and five mm-hmm. in my placements i went four and six um Five, I think, yeah, five matches out of that had abandons. Oh, um, my God. And four of those resulted in my team having, like, my team losing and getting an abandon and losing, but also, like, usually once one person abandoned, like, two or three more people abandoning and just getting rolled, mm-hmm. uh, which just sucks. Yeah. And one of them benefited our team because the other team had an abandon. Yeah. But I'm just seeing abandons way more than I used to. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. And I don't don't know if the like community is just saltier now because it's gotten bigger and it's shittier, mm-hmm. or if they have network problems or what. But they have to do something to change it because it's really it makes it makes competitive really really frustrating. Yeah. So I went seven and three oh this time, God. and. I still got placed in in, uh, in silver. Wait, what? I went seven and three and was still placed in silver. My my SR is seventeen twenty five. I got I went four and six and I got placed in gold. And I don't know how that's possible because like I 
was on the board every time. What was your SR last season? Uh, my SR last season, I think, was 18-something. Oh, I wonder if they take that, if that's part of it, and it's a bigger... Because, like, my SR last season, I only did my placements in a few matches. I think my SR was, like, 21, 2200, maybe. And then my career high SR is 2480. Yeah. Um. So maybe that is being taken to it. Maybe it's, it's weighted heavier than I thought it would be. I am pissed. Because uh, that is insane that you be- went seven and three. I went seven and three and still got placed in silver, and it doesn't make sense. Like, and I had to play mercy for at least three of those of the of the seven that I won. That, do- <laughs> that doesn't make any sense when I went four and six. When, yeah, and like, I definitely did multiple multi reses to save our team. So I don't understand. <laughs> I don't think I played a heel once in my matches. I'm I, sure I played mostly Diva and Symmetra. I mostly played Mercy and May in my placement matches. And I was cleaning house with both of them. So I am just so confused. That is that is weird. I am I, so they, confused. And I don't know, I'd be curious what the exact algorithm stuff they use for that stuff is. Um, but that is that is very weird. Um, I know, they got they, they got to fix, if, if nothing else, they just have to fix the uh, punishment. They, re- they really do. They really do, because it's not good. And I think a hell tier makes the most sense, because it means that, yep. I, I just think it's, I think it's great and sort of hilarious to be like, hey, you don't have to stop playing the game right now, because it's not going to do anything, but you do have to play with a bunch of assholes. Yeah. I agree. I think that would be the best because I feel like they have a harder punishment for you just dropping games in quick play than they do in in comp. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're gonna get you get seventy five percent less uh, exp for dropping matches, and it's like, well, okay, it should be that on top of something on top of being sent to the hell tier in in comp or something. I don't know. Also, know. if you're if you're playing comp and you're like super salty, you probably don't give a fuck about your experience because yeah. level doesn't matter in Overwatch. Yeah. Like it'll slow down your progression to get loot boxes, but if it's a person who's already like prestiged two or three times, which at this point on PS4, most people I play with, I haven't prestiged. Uh, I'm using like old Call of Duty lingo, mm-hmm. um, but like hit 100 and reset. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it once. I'm like level 89 right now. Yeah. And most people I play with have like done it three or four times. Yeah. Um, I have only prestiged uh, once in Overwatch, but I'm getting close to doing it again though. I'm at, I'm at like, I'm at level 188, mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, so I'm getting close. But uh, yeah, it's a little frustrating to say the least. Yeah. Uh, they just and if they want to make it, especially if they want to make it a game that people take seriously as an esport, because mm-hmm. um, I know that this stuff doesn't matter in the actual esport tournament realm of it. Yeah, but it, they're making inroads and in trying to make the amateur league stuff that goes off of like rankings, yeah. like this, and that needs to be a thing that is taken into account more. Yeah, they really need to address that very soon because it's very fucking frustrating. But uh, yeah, so Overwatch is fun. But you want to know what else is fun? No. Arms. Um, I've had too much. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I I was I didn't play it with a controller, so with a with non motion controls, so I don't know. I didn't get a chance to yet. Yeah, I played it with uh, the pro controller, 
the whole time and it was great. <laughs> it was awesome because I played it at the uh, Nintendo Switch preview event with motion controls and I was really bad at it. And I didn't know if I liked it then too when I was playing it with motion controls. I'm like, mm, I don't like the controls. But the second they said that you can use a pro controller or play it in handheld mode made all the difference for me. I think it looks really. I like the character designs a lot. Yeah. I like the yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like that, and I think it looks fun. I think there's lots of little cute things like when you're waiting for matches in the lobby, how you kind of see yeah, everyone like you see that people are in fights and your little icons are like bouncing around mm-hmm. and you see yourself get into a fight with them. Mm-hmm. Um, really cute stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I've only played it with motion controls mm-hmm. and they're pretty. They weren't bad. I mean, they're probably some of the best motion controls I've used in a fighting game. Yeah. Um, it still feels incredibly, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Incredibly imprecise in a way mm-hmm. that can be frustrating sometimes. Yeah. So I got to try it with a real controller. Yeah. I definitely think that you should. And when you do, I think you'll have a much better experience with it. Because I think you and I are kind of the same when it comes to stuff like that. It's like, that's cool that motion controls are there, but I would rather just play it with the controller. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of other people share that same sentiment too. So, yeah, it made all the difference for me in enjoying the game. I felt like I had a lot more control over my characters, and I kind of knew what I was doing better because of it. And, yeah, I I definitely can see myself playing that a lot. And I'm pretty sure I will be playing that a lot. Because it comes out uh, not this week, but at the end of E3. It comes out on the 16th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Splatoon, I think, is like not that. It's in July. Long after that, it's in July. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. Arms comes out next Friday, which is Crazy. which is going to be tight. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it was really great. Uh, Twintel is, of course, my favorite character. She's amazing, and wonderful, and fantastic. But I mean, all the designs are great. All the characters are cool. They all have their like little innate abilities that they that they have which is really neat so it's yeah it's a lot of fun i'm very much looking forward to it and spending a lot of time with it i will be streaming it a lot for sure and uh, i think uh, and i bought a uh a second uh nintendo switch dock and i'm glad that i had a gift card to gamestop so i didn't pay full price for it (laughs) so when i do stream it i'll be able to have like a little docking station for it and it'll be a lot easier to use so i'm looking forward because it costs too much money. Why is just a cable management box ninety dollars? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm sense. waiting for third parties to make docks that are like a fraction of the cost. They've they've got to. I I yeah. can't imagine. It's like, too it's much. Just, it's too much. It's too, it's too much. much. Um. Yeah. I feel like I don't know, if I'm gonna buy a, a fighting game anytime soon, it'll probably be Tekken Seven. You should. It's very good. I like I liked Tekken Three a lot. I know this is sort of a direct like continuation spiritually from Tekken 3 mm-hmm. from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played it at the arcade the other day and I was like, this is it's good. so like, much fun. I love it. There's a, a lady who has tigers that help her fight. And I was like, this is my character. This is good. <laughs> good old tiger mom. Tiger mom. <laughs> so moving on to one other thing on our little list of things to talk about today. That's not so good. So Cowboy Bebop got a uh, got greenlit for our live action thing. Yeah, for a TV show, which is an interesting choice. 
choices. Uh, yeah, so, um, I don't think that's gonna work, and the reason why I don't think it's gonna work is because the whole thing about Cowboy Bebop is that it was supposed to be, and that it is a very ambitious television, animated television series, and that was the whole point of it being a television series, and it being animated is so that they could go big and all that stuff, and I just don't think that it's gonna read well in live action, especially if this is gonna be some sort of, like, Netflix jaunt of some kind or whatever. I think it's just gonna be bad. Um, and, yeah, I just don't like this trend of taking Japanese things and making an adaptation of them in live action in America and then it's all bad and then they're gonna cast nothing but white people and then all this stuff. So I just, I just, I'm already exhausted. <laughs> I'm, I'm more curious than anything about it. Yeah. I think. Um, so I think if Firefly can work to some degree, Bebop could. I, I would rather it be a TV sh show than a movie because I think it works better in small chunks mm -hmm. in episodes. Mm -hmm. um, that said, uh, like Firefly was rooted, even though it was a sci-fi series, it was rooted in a very sort of relatable Western Americana, mm -hmm. whereas Bebop isn't really so much. Like I think there's, it's very obviously very Western influence in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I don't know if like the sort of jazzy hip vibe of Bebop, which also kind of had some like Western influences. Mm -hmm. I mean, like actual like Western, Western like uh, spaghetti Western yeah. influences. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's a TV show, so I have no idea who the hell they're gonna cast for roles. Like, I could Dreamcast it for a movie, yeah. Um, but for a TV show, I have no idea. I, I don't know if they're gonna want to make it f like how funny. They're going to want to make it or not because Bebop kind of rides a very fine line of how comedic it is. Yeah. Um, and with a TV budget, all the CG is going to look like bullshit and they're going to need to have some CG. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's impossible that it's it'll be good. Um, I do worry that they're going to cast a bunch of white people in it. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas I think Bebop is a show that should have like a mixed cast. Um, it's one of the few anime series that I could understand it not being a fully Japanese cast. Yes. Um, because like characters certainly by the way they look and where they come from and it being far future enough have different backgrounds yep. than just Japanese in it. Mm -hmm. And there's very few characters that have like Japanese names. Yep. Um, that said, I, I think the strongest choice would then to be would to do Star Trek style where just everyone is like a different race yep. pretty much. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's things that don't, that I, I don't know how they would translate. Like I, think spike and Faye and jet can all translate just fine i think vicious translates fine mm -hmm. um ein is gonna be a hard sell and uh ed is gonna be i think almost impossible to do in a live action show yeah it's too much like ed's character is way too anime for them i think to to do to do well and keep it the same character yeah yeah and that's definitely gonna be gonna be weird I mean, I'm curious about it. It's I my you know my stance is always just like it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that the original series exists. Right. So you can get it the entire thing on Blu-ray for like thirty something bucks on Amazon. Yep. Uh, so if you don't have it, go get it because it's very good. It's very good. Um, but 
it does suck to see things made poorly consistently. It doesn't ruin the old thing. I'm not mad yeah. it's being made. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, but I don't feel great. I don't, I don't feel too hopeful about it, I guess. Exactly. And that's my whole thing too. Um, Cause uh, we, we've kind of talked about this before. Like just because a new version of something exists doesn't mean the old one's gone. And yeah. that holds true to this as well. And that's something to definitely consider as well. But I wish that my innate reaction to things that are um, that are anime that get adapted into live action wasn't like cringy and like Ugh! like I wish that just wasn't my my knee jerk reaction to everything that happens with that stuff. I would love it if things could be adapted from anime and manga and handled with care and done very well and all that stuff. But that more often than not doesn't seem to be the case so that's unfortunate yeah i think it's definitely um a thing of like if there were series that had happened Mm -hmm. um that did a good job of this then i would be less like right probably not gonna be good but the fact that like it's it never happens it never happens uh you know it doesn't make me hopeful but maybe this will be the one maybe 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 it will be who knows um i think it for sure has to be like it can't be network TV. I have no idea. Like it has to be a Netflix. It's, show. It has to be a Netflix like. show. It's it's not gonna. That's not gonna do well on broadcast television. No, not not one bit. No. No, it's 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 not gonna work. There's no way it's gonna work. Um, but yeah. So that's a thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't we take a little breaky break and then we'll talk about some more video games. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, Ruben, uh-huh. what you playing? Oh, man. Uh, I've actually been playing a lot of stuff, uh, surprisingly, which is usually not not me. Mm-hmm. Usually I don't have the time, but I've had the time lately. And I've also just been, like, mainlining games. Um, so, I finished Persona 5, which I know you haven't, yeah. so I'm not going to spoil things for you. Yeah. Um, if later in the episode you want to get caught up on some of the stuff you've done, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't go into it now. Um, I finished Near Automata. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done every... I've done all the main endings. So um, for anyone who hasn't played it, uh, the way Nier Automata works is you play through the game and what you're doing is what's called the A route. And then when you beat it, the game's like, hey, you beat the game, but we really encourage you to play through the game again um, and do the B route, which you play from the perspective of another character. Um, You play the first route as 2B, and then the second route covers the same events. Um, but from the perspective of 9S. Ooh, and I didn't know that. Nine, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and 9S introduces a completely new gameplay mechanic with hacking, mm-hmm. um, which you kind of get a preview of in the... Uh, there's a couple times where like there's a hacking minigame that you do as 2B, but it's very rare. Yeah. Whereas it's a major... It's like part of how you fight. Um, or it, it, how, it depends how you want to fight, but it can be like a major component of how you fight as 9S. Gotcha. Um, and it's a major component of, of his route. And then when you beat the B route, you do the C route, which is events that occur after A and B. Um, and you play interchangeably as 2B, 9S, and another character. Very cool. Um, and then when you finish the C route, 
the uh, there's a decision that you make at the end of the C route that determines if you get the C route ending or the D route ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you've done both endings, the uh, the end once you've done both C and D, you'll get what's called an E route ending. And it's kind of weird because you don't have to do the C route and then the D route and then the E route. The way it worked for me was I did the C route, then I did the D route. And the moment I did the D route, like it gave me the what where E route comes in is like at the very, very end of the game. Yeah. So it kind of like gave me the D route ending, which immediately goes into the E route. It gave me the, it gave me the D. It gave me the D. It gave me the D. Yeah. Um and the E ending is what is uh, viewed as like the canonically complete ending of the game. Oh, cool. Um, but then after that, there is an ending for every letter of the alphabet, and they're all sort of like short little joke endings. <laughs> um, and it's just from like doing stuff in the game in weird ways, or like sometimes if you have a, a mission that you're supposed to be doing, or if you're in the middle of a boss fight, uh, or what should be a boss fight, and you abandon it, like you leave the area that it's in. Yeah, it'll be like, uh, so and so decided to like be a coward and blah blah blah. <laughs> like, and, it, nice. and it'll like roll their credits really quickly and takes you back into the game. Um, that game is so far top three of the year. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know because like top three right now are Zelda, Persona Five, and uh, Near. Yeah, and I honestly don't know what order I'm putting those in. Yeah. Because um, they're all very, very good in very, very different ways. Because all very different games. Mm-hmm. Um, don't sleep on it though. Like it is, it. I haven't. There's a type of game that we don't see anymore um, because of I think Western development. Yep. Uh, in the PS2 era and the PS1 era, but I think I hit it straight in the PS2 era. Mm-hmm. You had weird Japanese development games, um, and then Western design influence. Western uh, companies started making really good games, finally. They weren't for a long time. And they started making amazing games and Western RPGs. And because they were so good and people loved them, uh, games like Skyrim and Fallout and Dragon Age, um, I think you saw Japanese developers starting to leave what they did or Japanese development, um, the quirkiness of it, fall by the wayside. And uh, I love a lot of... I love Fallout. I love a lot of Western... um, uh, Western studio yeah. games, but there is a quirkiness and a weirdness and an artistic style to a lot of Japanese games that um, just no one does in the West because they're just like outside of the indie uh, scene. Yep. And Near is the closest thing to a really good PS2 game I've played in a long time that has that feel. I um, completely agree. Completely. It it feels like. Uh, the way I felt when I played the first Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. or Metal Gear Solid 2 or 3, um, it feels like playing an old Kojima game mm-hmm. in the best ways, uh, where it's obviously the vision of one creator, um, and it has all of the uh, all of the amazing advantages of being such a clear and focused vision, mm-hmm. and also all the disadvantages of one person being able to sort of indulge what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and there's something really beautiful about that to me from an artistic uh, perspective um, that you don't see in games much now because Western games are made by committee um, unless they're indie titles. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have things made by committee, a lot of times the uh, the nuance the, and that quirkiness kind of is thrown to the wayside. Yeah, mm-hmm. it gets it, it, you know it gets focus grouped out to death. Yeah, because um, it doesn't appeal to the mass audience as well. Um, it, it's what I, like I think. By the time you hit Metal Gear Solid 4 
the series started to get a little bit bloated. It was still very much a Kojima thing, but very bloated. Yeah. And then by the time five came around, five was a great game because the gameplay is great. The narrative in that game and the story is barely a Kojima game for me. Yeah. Um, it's like super disappointing. It's like the Western gameplay style that he put in the game superseded him telling a story. Yeah. And that's why I didn't really like five that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're hankering that sort of thing, uh, Nier Automata is amazing. Yeah. It plays great super fun the story is extremely thought-provoking and sad and uh well done um it's just like don't don't let the really like fucky android on the cover like (laughs) trick you or make you like stay away from the game because it's really i mean literally one of the best games i've played in in years yeah and even even though 2b's design is it's fucky like Mm -hmm. it's not as egregious as other things that are also on PlayStation 4, like Tales of Berseria, like mm-hmm. Velvet's design is like super fucky. And it's like, <laughs> I feel like um, Yoko Taro did a really good job of like making a very appealing character design with 2B, but also not like ultra horny. Well, like the thing, the thing with that game is I think the character designs are mad fucky like real horny mm-hmm. um but in actual narrative like in the game they almost never sexualize any of the characters yeah. i think that there are moments that could be um taken as erotic but those moments are also usually paired with something that's like deeply not erotic yeah to kind of create juxtaposition that makes you like kind of question how you're feeling about that moment yeah i'm trying to like not spoil things by saying that yeah no i um, agree with that but honestly, like there, there is less sexualization of outside of the character design, and I think I think I've said this before about Nier. There is like less sexualization of uh, women mm-hmm. uh, or like even like female bodies in that game than honestly like eighty ninety percent of video games I play. Yeah. Um, outside of the costume designs, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Um, and if anything, that game talks about same sex relationships in ways that are like incredibly normal. Mm-hmm. And, like, not weird. It's just sort of part of the, the background of things. Yeah. And it's just really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, don't sleep on that game. It's I think it was on sale for, like, 40 bucks earlier this week or something. Um, so I'd for sure pick it up 100%. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to digging into it once I beat Persona 5. Because I played the first, like, two, two hours of it. And I really liked it. I, I love what I played. Because I love the demo. And Persona 5 happened. <laughs> so... So, uh, yeah, I, I really want to get back to it because I really enjoyed what I played. And it's absolutely, like, a call back to the PlayStation 2 era of games, like you said. And that, I feel like, for a lot of people, especially within our age group, that's, like, a soft spot for all of us. So, yeah, play that game. It's it's the most, like, artistically, to me, interesting and and obviously a game made by one person since old Kojima stuff, yeah. which is why I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, also, and if you're worried about time, I think I, I did pretty much every single side quest. Uh, I think I did every side quest. There's one that it just deals with like you fighting different types of robots, um, different types of machines and the data you collect. I didn't finish that one just because it's really long and tedious and I was near the end of the game anyway. Yeah. But um, and there's no narrative really to that side quest. Um, all the other side quests have amazing stories that are really like. I mean, the side quests in this game to me are just as important as the main quest. They're good so good. It's very very Majora's Mask that way. Nice. Um, so 
with doing all the side quests, I think it was about 40 hours by the time I did all of the endings. Um, if okay, you cool. That, you probably, <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's not that long. It's not that long at all. Um, you could probably like slam through the game and not do side quests if you want to and finish it in like 25. Okay. But I wouldn't do that because the side quests are amazing. Cool. Good to know. Um, so you want to talk about uh, the Wipeout Omega Collection? Want to talk about that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, I pre-ordered that. It just came out last night, and I don't have a lot to say besides if you're just. Um, I'm a huge like. I love I Wipeout. Played Wipeout. Yeah, I played Wipeout actually like crazy when I was a kid. Um, so, and it's funny because sometimes I'll buy Wipeout games and I won't even play them that much, but I just like to have them around sure. because they're they're fun to pick up and just play a couple rounds of. Um, it is an incredibly like good looking uh, remaster of Wipeout 2048. Mm-hmm. Uh, fury and h and hd yeah mm-hmm. um i wish that there was like a whole new wipeout game with all new shit happening yeah of course. um but the studio that did i uh, know the studio that is original they did, did uh, Wipeout originally studio liverpool which is part of sony isn't a thing anymore oh. um they actually have their own game they're working on called formula fusion um which looks really cool it's a wipeout game 100 percent. they actually got um the design firm that did all of the designs for Wipeout XL, mm-hmm. um, they got them to do designs for their game. So I'm actually looking forward to that when it comes out. Um, but it's just uh, it's just really, really good. It's just if you want to play a fun racing game that has weird controls because Wipeout games feel weird because yeah. you're h- hovering, um, it's super, super fun. I haven't done any online stuff with it yet, but it's locked at 60 FPS. Um, it's very, very clean, and the music's really good, and the design's really good. Right. Um, so it's really, really fun. And it has, uh, I don't know if you can still get it, but if you pre-ordered it, it has, like, the best PS4 theme uh, to use. It's so good. Nice. Very nice. And then, um, yeah, I think we, we talked about this briefly before the show, but I'm not familiar at all with Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so that's a PC game that's, like, the... It's like the big game on Steam right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super, super early access. Um, lots of bugs still, but uh, basically what it is, I think it's like 30 bucks. Um, basically what it is, is there is one massive map in the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the game is made based on an Arma mod, um, if you're familiar with playing like Arma games at all. Um, so it's uh, one big map. The game starts and everyone loads into a lobby and then you're all in an airplane. And the airplane flies over the map, uh, just like one random straight line across the map, mm-hmm. and you parachute out. And wherever you land, it's just one huge map with a bunch of abandoned buildings um, and, like, forests and just, like, large areas and no man's lands and stuff. You don't have – you barely have clothes. Um, you don't have weapons. You don't have armor. So it is you and uh, – it's 100 people in every match. Yeah. You hit the ground, and it's find weapons, find armor, find as much as you can as possible, and don't die. It's a big battle royale. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really, really fun. Um, I don't care about playing it solo as much, but playing it in a squad of a couple friends is amazing. It's it's, it's super, super intense. Um, it's very hard. But, like, just like early game, like, all of you trying to, like, find houses and find weapons and make sure you have good loadouts um and then what the game does to make sure that people can't just camp in areas because it's a really big map yeah. is that there is a circle of play that every so many minutes constricts and it gets smaller and it doesn't just constrict into the same central zone it constricts somewhere within its zone but it'll change position that way you never know if you're going to be safe in the future fully 
Um, so you always have to pay attention to that because if you're out of the play zone, you're uh, basically there's an electrical wall that comes. And if you're in that, you will die. Like your energy just starts oh, to shit. zap out. <laughs> yeah. Your, your energy like starts to, to leak uh, or starts to go down really quickly. Yeah. Um, so there's, there have been matches where like, we're like, oh shit, we have to move. We're not in the play zone. And the, uh, the walls are coming in and we'll be running into the play zone. And like, we'll, some of us will get caught in the wave of it and be losing health and like get back into the play zone with almost no health le- left. Oh, wow. Um, but it, it's just a game where like it, you just are supposed to kill everyone until there's one last person standing and it's super tense. Um, I think it's doing so well because it's very, very fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's huge on Twitch right now. Uh, and the, uh, if you want to watch it, I would suggest uh, the guys at Polygon um, do what they call awful squad. They post, I think, once a week. It's usually like an hour or two, mm-hmm. a video of them playing it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Griffin McElroy, Nick Robinson, Russ Frischdick, and then usually one other person. Sometimes Justin McElroy comes in, too. Um, but uh, it's just four of them playing, and it's great. Um, they actually had Simone. I'm going to mess up her last name, but Simone DeRochefort, DeRochefort, who does a bunch of stuff for Polygon. Mm-hmm. Um, they Instead of having her play, they had her acting as captain and giving the orders to the boys. So they had to do what she was saying. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and it was super fun and really, really funny. Uh, so yeah, if you have 30 bucks and you want to check it out, it's a game that I definitely suggest playing with friends, but it's really, really cool. It's just very, very early access. So um, expect for it to crash sometimes and uh, for it to be frustrating on occasion when it bugs out. Cool. And then what is a Neo Turf Masters? Talk to me about that too. I don't know what that is. So if you want to play something on your Switch, Neo Geo, uh, they released a bunch of Neo Geo classic games, and most of them are fighting games, but you have stuff like, I think there's an old Metal Slug on there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a game on there, though, that's uh, Neo Geo Neo Turf Masters, which is their old arcade golf game. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like... I don't know why I love golf games. Um, like, But not like semi-golf games, but like um, Mario Golf. Oh, yeah. I love or... Mario Golf and Hot Shots Golf and all that. Hot Shots. Yeah. I love I Hot love Shots Golf. I love Hot Shots I'm, Golf. I want a PS4 Hot Shots so Golf there, really bad. There is one that's coming. I remember seeing um, a preview trailer for it, but only on the Japanese uh, Sony website when they did the press conference. But it's coming. Like, I want nothing more than to get like in a lobby with... like eight friends and us just like shit talk each other while we play hot shots i would love Um, that it's such a good game uh so this is an old arcade game that neo geo made and it is it is super super simple and it's not very good i mean it is good it's great i don't know how to describe it it's a really simple shitty arcade game (laughs) but it's a golf game and it's just classic old neo geo so like characters faces are like really weird they're like supposed to be normal people, but they have really weird designs that don't make any sense. I love that. Um, that's amazing. If you just want to play something that's like seven dollars and looks like a pile of shit, but it's mechanically a solid little golf game, uh, it's great. I've been playing it before I go to sleep frequently because it's just like kind of chill, um, and like the music is all like the old original shitty music and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you can play it in the original Japanese or the American version. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah, so, like, what's so bizarre to me is that the Switch is, like, a great little hub for Neo Geo games. They've been releasing yes. a shit ton of them on uh, on the eShop, which is awesome. Yeah, I don't know what Neo Geo's deal is as far as I'm, like, all of a sudden going, like, we're going to release a bunch of games. It's weird, though, because they're obviously 
they made an emulator to run on the Switch yeah. because when you play Neo Geo games in there, you actually are just launching an emulator yeah. that has its own like really basic menu yeah. and everything to like to make changes to the game, like your screen size, if you want to put filters on the game and stuff like yeah. that. Um, it's just really weird that they're like, let's make an emulator that works on the Switch and then let's sell a bunch of Neo Geo games for I mean, it. I'm into it. I'm down. It's fun. I mean, there's, you can, there's a lot of also really amazing old neo geo fighting games yeah waku waku 7's on there and it's amazing i love Mm -hmm. that game so much so i was like being able to have a legit copy of waku waku 7 that actually works and not like a shitty emulator on my pc that barely works is wonderful i love it i love it it's good stuff but um i think that kind of brings us to the end of our show and we are doing really good on time we're like right at an hour and a half yeah, not too long, no? not too soft. Um, <laughs> little oh little God. paraphrasing some boys to men. <laughs> uh, so I think, DJ, not that any of you listening to it right now will hear it, so it's useless, but I think we're going to try to play some Overwatch matches later today. Yeah, I'm probably going to uh, have a little bit of lunch, uh, and then we'll hop on and play some Overwatch, and it'll be, yeah. it'll be a blast. Because, yeah, what I'll try to do now is now that I have... A brand new apartment, and I actually have a, a room dedicated for, like, like comics, studio work, so I can, like, work on all my art shit, and and Brandon will work in here with me, too. He does some stuff for school. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty much a giant room for creating shit and streaming, and it's also our little guest room. And I'm actually able to stream a lot more often, so I try to do Twitch streams every tuesday and thursday on my twitch channel which is just uh, twitch.tv at oh hey dj and uh oh that actually reminds me dj um so you're gonna be at crunchyroll expo right yes 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 yes. okay i should be there yep 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 uh so i need to talk to you about maybe crashing your place for a night or two sure if that's a thing so um um, the convention is like a little bit away from where I live, so I'm probably just gonna get yeah. a hotel room, and you can crash. Oh, yeah. I'm totally getting a hotel room. Okay, too. Yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, there might be a night uh, before and after. Oh yeah, yeah. That I need to crash. Oh, totally. Through. That's yeah. all. Um, and I think we're gonna try to do something at the Crunchyroll convention. Yeah, and we'll give you guys more information if we know what that is and when and everything else. Mm-hmm. But keep an ear out for that. Um, and if you're going to the Art Crunchyroll Expo, uh, let us know. Also, I'll be, I'm sure, between both the Crunchyroll Expo. And MAGFest, um, which might be more of the same thing in some ways than I'm expecting. Uh, I feel like it's, it's, the crossover it's of that stuff, I feel like, are all the same people. Well, and the fact that uh, I think MAGWest hasn't said anything about an artist alley yet, mm-hmm. but Crunchyroll has, yeah. which is weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if they're going to have a shared artist alley or something like that. I don't know yet, but we'll see. Um, either way, keep your ears out for that. Uh, DJ, where can they find you online? You can find me at Oh Hey DJ on pretty much everything. Uh, so that's uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, PSN because I made a I made a little uh, a secondary account for PlayStation Network and it's also Oh Hey DJ there as well. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And how about you, baby boo? You can get me at Rubots R O O B O T S on Twitter. Um, I almost never use my Twitch, but I think it's also at Rubots on Twitch or Twitch slash whatever TV slash Rubots there too. Um, In case I am streaming something, which I do with Overwatch on occasion. Um, But yeah, 
like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Go to iTunes, give us a review, rate us high, help us get more listeners to bring into this silly, dumb, queer Mountain Dew Chug Hour show. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out and listening to us ramble on about bullshit for an hour and a half. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. I am recording. I'm, DJ, what I'm you recording. Doing? I'm recording. Ruben, what you doing? Also recording because we're making a podcast. That's how it works. If you wonder at home, <laughs> we record our own sides and we smash them together like our podcast voices are fucking each other. <laughs> and it makes a baby. That baby is Joystick Jackies. <laughs> Name pending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name pending. <laughs> Oh mm. man! Mm. Mm. Let, me, let me get that mm. good. Let me get that good swallow sound on the microphone. Let's see if I can do that. Mm. Yep. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, it's probably gross sounding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for your ASMR. Yeah. It's like Ruben swallowing a load of water. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you call it a load of water and not yeah. just like. Because <laughs> it's some sensual ASMR business happening. <laughs> Oh, just taking some hot loads of water. <laughs> Do you mean tea? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Some some hot loads of citrus zinger. Yeah. Hot loads of leaf juice. <laughs> oh, ooh. <laughs> oh, straight from China. Oh. So exotic. Cool. Oh my god. Ah, gross. Anyway, gross. let's do this thing.